Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. So we have Trevor on the end, on the other end today. What's up, Trevor? Hey, man. Neon Trevor reporting in. Neon Trevor. <laughs> I like that. We'll definitely be talking about Neon White because that's been getting like a lot, a lot of love from a lot of people. But I think we need to jump into the crazy amounts of reveal that happened uh, this past couple of weeks or so. Uh, I wanted to say it for this episode so you and I can kind of discuss these and also kind of give our thoughts on what we actually... I mean, you already kind of know my thoughts on Starfield. I think that was arguably the biggest reveal or or the talking point, I guess, from everything. But you know what? Let's just get into it. Let's just start start talking about the summer game, summer games fest, which was the, I guess, like the first kind of thing, the starting off point for the June game reveals hosted by Jeff Keighley. Uh, I obviously, I, 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 we have a Google Doc in front of us, and we threw, I kind of threw in all the games that were announced, and there were a lot. There were a lot of games that were announced. Um, in terms of, from, from my side, in terms of any games of note, not a lot in all honesty, not a lot, like a lot of stuff that we saw was just, you know, more gameplay of sorts and the game, just, uh, another trailer or something like that. And maybe some, some people coming out to kind of talk about the game. Obviously one thing that definitely did kind of stick out for me, at least was Nightingale, which was a really cool, um, Bloodborne-esque fps shooting game i forgot the the company that's making or was that some other game that might be Witchfire. you know what i'm mistaking there's like a so there were so many of them but basically it was like an fps left for dead sort of a game set in a bloodborne-esque universe of sorts i know the other one is the last was part one which i have a lot of thoughts about but i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it on to you first what was to you of note in these this plethora of games that were announced. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's funny because um, it's such a weird year because there hasn't like typically you have like the the big games that stick out and then you have yeah. like a lot of the smaller ones. But where this year it's definitely like a lot more smaller ones. And yeah, I agree. Like at a certain point, some of them since more of them are being showcased because there hasn't been as many big games, some of them do tend to blend in, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, which is that one again? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Nightingale was definitely one for me that, um, I, I thought that one looked pretty interesting. Um, the, uh, Wulong was definitely one that Pete, that was probably, I'm going to say my, um, my game of the show, I guess, just because, um, yeah. I love Neo and, and I'm playing, uh, Strangers of Paradise still. And, um, the combat in that game is, is really good. So, uh, Team Ninja has been in my opinion, uh, on top of their game, like they're they're next to from software right now when it comes to combat. They're definitely not from software. We'll be very clear about that. But um, like as far as uh, souls like games, they're definitely right up there. So um, just to see that uh, there's another one coming, um, and I really like the style of it. So that one is definitely um, uh, looked really interesting to me. Um, I'm trying to. I want to pronounce the name flintlock it was another one that i also Ooh, that looked good that one yeah. looked good as well um and then probably the other one that 
is on top of mind is that Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, yeah, <laughs> that one's intriguing to me. I uh, just, you know, uh, ha- not the biggest Marvel fan in the world, but it just seemed really cool having all the Marvel characters in. Uh, I assume it's going to be like an XCOM like game. Um, yeah. So I just think having all those characters and all those powers could be really interesting. And then obviously, um, for Axis is the developer who, I mean, I, they speak for themselves with their games. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm told. Oh, and I love like the, uh, the, the, um, they have like the old, like the alternative versions of like the extra evil version of characters, like the actual yeah, like evil the, like how they showed, Yeah. Yeah. So that, that looks cool to me. So yeah, I would say those were the standouts for myself. So I, I mean, I think the main, I think the main question that's kind of coming through for most people now, you know, after that event was, uh, whether or not you think there's, there's too many space games now, because let's be honest, this yeah. event was just like, maybe it was me. Maybe they showed it too quickly one after the other, but like, obviously it was sports solace where, um, I think Troy Baker and uh, the person that played Arthur Morgan in Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2, they both came out and they talked about this game. They didn't show much of the game, but they were, they were like talking a lot about the game. I like, look, I, I get that in, in certain like entertainment uh, aspects, right? Like they want to ex- explain the, and explain the whole like story and everything like that. And even, even with games, I get it, but games are more of an interactive experience. And I feel like as gamers, we've been burned too much when people talk, like I can use uh Lionhead studios, right? Um, what, what, yeah, Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux is like oh. very well known for this of uh, talking a big game, just kind of yeah. reaching for the start of when the game comes. Like, you're like, okay, but that was <laughs> that is not what you said. So for me, I was like a little bit turned off by that. Of like, okay, I get it. You don't have much to show, but like, okay, just just move on. Like, I don't need to hear anything else. That's just me. But also, there was routine, and there was also cluster protocol. So uh, like, are you? I I don't know. Like maybe you're like you. Maybe you like love. Uh, anything to do with space, anything like that. But are you kind of also kind of being taken back by, okay, you know what, maybe we need some new ideas now. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Like, and I, it sucks when there was a lot of interesting stuff, but it was like, here's a screenshot. Here's a, here's a yeah. trailer that's mostly non-gameplay. And then you get like these, I think actually the best one was the Aliens Dark Descent, right? Like yeah. I totally, when they are playing that thing, I totally tuned out. I was like, oh, another Alien game. I didn't really like any of the other ones. And then at the end, they showed like little clips of the gameplay and it was like an isometric, potentially again, strategy type game. And also I was like, oh, wait, that actually looks interesting. Show me more of that. And it was literally like a few little clips. Um, So I don't know, man. It's just kind of like, I I go back and forth on it. Like, I rather they just show us, like just show us the gameplay. Like, and I agree. Like that's what gets me excited is like seeing some new stuff or interesting stuff. Um, I think... Callisto Protocol is one of the ones that like I want to be excited about it, but I think I that one I just need to play it before I know what I'm in for. Because as yeah. of right now, like I I like Dead Space, I, I never finished it, um, but I thought it was interesting, and I think this one looks it looks very good too. But I don't know. I guess I just want to know more about the systems, like um, you know what the progression might be like and and that kind of stuff because at the end of the day if it is just a dead space clone i mean that's great but what new is it doing that's going to get me excited yeah i mean i they can solely rely on gore and everything like because they, they were kind of talking about the gore and how they did so much research on that <laughs> and like uh, that whole aspect and i'm like 
okay, that's cool. But like, I've played Mortal Kombat enough. You know, I've seen enough gore from just that, that I'm like, I don't really care about that. Like the whole reason I liked Dead Space was the atmosphere. It was like, it was kind of like Resident Evil, but it was in space and it was scary. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And it had an interesting story. So for me, that's like, so far, I have no idea what's happening in the story. I just know it looks like Dead Space. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. I think the one thing that I want to talk to you about specifically, because you're a big Call of Duty fan, and also from a development standpoint, in terms of your understanding of, you know, how these kind of engines can function together. A big news that came out from them was how they want to unify the Call of Duty engine. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly or not, but basically they want to use one engine moving forward. So Modern Warfare 2 is coming out um, end of this year, along with Warzone 2, if I'm not mistaken. I think Warzone 2 is also coming out. But yeah. the idea is moving forward, it will be this one engine, and then when the... And, the new Black Ops or whatever will come out will use the same engine, but they said it will still have the the, the template or structure of what that company did before, like what Treyarch did. So from your standpoint, what does this mean? Like, is this first of all a good thing or, or does this also mean, do we lose what we kind of liked with Treyarch games or Sledgehammer games? It's meaningless, man. It's <laughs> in my opinion, it's just meaningless. Like I was so confused by this too. Like when they say like, oh, this is a new era, new engine. Yeah. Um, it's like all these games are like they have been on the same engine, right? Like up until Modern Warfare 2019, they were effectively always building off the same engine, off the same engine. And even and I don't know exactly the whole history of it, I'm almost can guarantee you that modern warfare modern warfare 2019 was not built from scratch that one was obviously built off the previous engine and made better without a doubt there's no way that they went started from scratch and built everything out uh again um i uh, that game wouldn't have been as good as it was otherwise um but yeah like obviously there was like a, sh- a big shift in in the 2019 because the graphics were much better than the previous ones. You you have stuff like the tactical sprints where they're holding up the guns and uh, uh, mantling and, and a lot of different features that were not in there before. But anyways, at that time, they they were saying the exact same thing. This is a new engine and this is what's going to be built off. Cold War didn't use that engine, obviously, because it was being built more or less in parallel so it obviously the engine wasn't ready for cold war but vanguard used that engine you can see it because they have the mantling um sorry uh not mantling the mounting is what i meant to say um uh the tactical sprint like you can tell those two games were built off that similar engine but at the end of the day i mean like this original engine as far as i understand still has networking from like quake or something like that or doom or, or whatever right it's been you just don't rebuild a lot of this stuff. So again, I think it's like having them say it again, like three years later that this is a new engine. I mean, I just think that they probably made some more fundamental shifts in it. What I hope. And I, and at the end of the day, I hope it results in, in stuff that I think people care about more that there hasn't been a focus on. And that's, you know, a more solid um, multiplayer experience, more solid networking, um vanguard has a lot of issues with packet loss and uh lag like those are things that i'm hoping that they improve on and uh less about like making it look a little bit better or again now they have stuff like you potentially you're going to be hanging and then you could shoot over a, a, like a ladder or a ledge or something like that which is oh, interesting. That's pretty cool. yeah that'll be interesting so 
I'm hoping that's not what they mean by new engine uh, that, oh, now you can hang from a wall and shoot over it. Uh, just like this one was kind of like tactical sprint and mounting, right? So um, yeah, again, I just think it's a little bit too bit too much lip service. I just like to see, you know, a, a more stable, solid experience. Um, also, when they say new era, my only guess what that means is um, ever since 20 Modern Warfare 2019, the, the, the three games have technically been tied together, right? The season pass um, is applied across all three. Play in one, you get credit towards your level um, and the season pass, which is actually really cool. And I like that because as someone who's played a lot of Vanguard and get tired of it at a certain point, I can go and play Cold War and still make progress. Um, so actually, I'm going to be kind of bummed if you lose some of that. And I understand why you would want to cut that tie at a certain point, but I hope that's what they're going to kind of continue with um, uh, going forward. If they do something similar, whatever is after um, Modern Warfare 2019. I'm assuming when they mean Warzone 2, it's just a glorified update of sorts, right? Because why would they want someone to download? Like I'm just thinking about on the, on the PlayStation, for example, why would they want someone to download a whole new client? to be able to kind of log into Warzone 2 when they already have millions of people on Warzone because Overwatch is doing that now. I think Overwatch and Blizzard realize they're like, uh, yeah, you know what? We're going to get rid of Overwatch 1. You'll just get Overwatch 2, but obviously based on what they said of like, if you want the full Overwatch 2 experience, you have to pay so you can get the campaign, all that stuff, right? And I'm like, yeah, that makes more sense. Don't split the base like because, that, because the game is fundamentally the same thing. So is Warzone just... Warzone 2, just kind of like, you know how that Fortnite did that thing? Fortnite Chapter 2 or something yeah. like that? I'm assuming it's the same thing. It's it's very confusing because the rumors up until recently were that this was only going to be a next-gen version of Warzone, which that made sense because, okay, you're cutting ties with that older generation of console, but now it sounds like that is not the case. It is going to be on the older consoles. So now I'm very confused that why you definitely would do a separate client um, and split that player base. So... yeah. Um, my only other guess is going back to the whole season thing where um, those three Call of Duties kind of crossed over and, and the progress uh, crossed over. So did Warzone into those Call of Duties, right? So you could yeah. go in Warzone and same thing, level up, level up your battle pass. So that might be part of this clean split. So Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2 are now going to be tied together with their own battle pass. Um, their own leveling system those older call of duties and the older Warzone will be off on their own i don't that'll be that's another question are they going to get more seasons um i that would be kind of weird because again you're splitting your player base more and you, these games live and die on their player base so a lot of questions and and it'll be interesting to see how it's all handled in the end yeah no i mean i'm you know, like they, they already got me with putting a two after Modern Warfare. I'm like, yep, I have too many memories with the older one. And honestly, if they release a Call of Duty Black Ops and they kind of do the whole reboot thing, I'll I'll be in as well. Because again, those are like the games that I kind of grew up with. So I can kind of see the path that they're taking. Um, a company whose path that I'm not quite sure of is, is Naughty Dog right now with The Last of Us Part 1 remake. Oh. Like, obviously, actually, you know what? We'll talk about the multiplayer thing because they kind of talked about that and how... The multiplayer game that was supposed to come with Last of Us Part Two turned into something bigger, and now they're saying it's going to be its own thing and it will have a story as well. Um, I really hope it's not a Titanfall thing. Like I like Titanfall, but the Titanfall One like story thing was not the greatest, like the way they kind of implemented it. But the game was really good. 
So like, what are you? I mean, are you excited? Is this gonna compete with Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two? <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I played some. Um, actually, no, I didn't really play Last of Us multiplayer. I played some of um, Uncharted multiplayer and enjoyed that for a very short period of time. But uh, yeah. it didn't. It definitely did not become a a go to for me. And to be perfectly honest, not really excited about this. I mean, I definitely will give it a shot if it comes out and it's interesting. I hope. Uh, they do have like some campaign stuff that is not just like Titanfall. Like Titanfall Two would be awesome, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, not honestly, not super excited. Uh, I hope it's good, and I hope it is something I want to play. But as of right now, I don't have any desire to. Yeah, I mean, I I just wanna I just wanna I just wanna see the next thing. I'm I, I'm okay when it comes to multiplayer stuff. There's already there's already so much out there right now. But the, uh, the other big thing was um, Last of Us Part 1, or that's what it's calling there now, Last of Us Remake, is coming out in, in September. And they were kind of just showing up, like, you know, they kind of showed a few clips and everything like that, and there's more clips online. And basically what we're seeing is them using the animations and everything from Last of Us Part 2 and kind of putting it in, in Last of Us 1. And look, like, I thought, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I don't think this game needed a remake because, you know, it's not it's not like... You know how it was when the, we had a shift from any NES or SNES era to PlayStation 1 or even from PS1 to like PS3, right? It's not the same shift now from PS3 to PS5. So the, I just don't see the point of a remake. The thing that bothered me the most is, is that in Canada, this game is $89.99 Canadian dollars, obviously before tax. Insane. And that I, like, this is when I have to kind of go off on Sony. Like, like you know, who the F do you think you are? Like, are you, like... <laughs> Are, like are you serious like i i don't get it like sony has done so many good things for consumers but i feel like they're so out of it sometimes when they're like putting putting prices on games like this like this could have been a perfect game for them to be like oh this will be like half price or even like 60 i don't know like something. how about this how about ps plus premium exactly one? exactly like... <laughs> that would have been perfect yeah that would have been their way of being like yeah you know what we're not going to put God of War Ragnarok on PS Plus Premium, but here you go. Here's a remake of a game that is beloved. We'll put it on PS Plus Premium. They're like, no, 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 no. Here's 89. We need 89.99. But if you want the deluxe edition, you can pay us even more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only way I would have played this is if it was part of that uh, subscription or um, to your point, like if it was like $39.99, I would have bought it when it was on sale for $19.99. Yeah. Because uh, even $39.99 for me is hard to swallow. Like, yes, I, I think it I think it didn't need to be done. Um, but I think the fact that they like they're using the animations and stuff. And I personally felt like Last of Us Part Two played so much better than Last of Us Part One. So I, I do think this is a cool thing to do, even though I don't feel like it was necessary. And I'd rather they spent those resources on something else. Um, but again, like just to putting it at that price is just crazy to me like um i again it's just i don't know we're stealing gaming <laughs> it, it honestly is it i can't i can't believe that we when you have a competitor that is putting their all their games day one on game pass and um we'll also talk about the xbox but that's a showcase but they showed a number of games they had a whole like little like um little like image that comes up at the end that shows you all the games that will be on game pass this year and next year and then you on your end are like, oh, by the way, this is a remake of a PS3 game, and you we want you to pay us not not sixty USD, we want you to pay us seventy USD because hey, yeah. we're PlayStation. And obviously they're banking on Last of Us 
uh, the TV show being a huge thing. So they want to put this out there now. That people are, are like, oh yeah, this Last of Us TV show is coming with Pedro Pascal. It's gonna be awesome. It's being made by HBO. So why not, you know, get these new people on there? They better have Pedro Pedro's uh, skin when that TV show comes out. Oh my god, yeah. Even if it is a DLC, I have to pay like four bucks for five bucks or something. But <laughs> I, I honestly, if you, if they can somehow find a way to replace the whole performance with Pedro Pascal and his like his uh, HBO version, I'm good. I'll take that. I'll, yeah. 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll go to like uh, the, the depth of the earth for Pedro Pascal. He's amazing. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you should watch the unbearable massive weight of talent with oh, him and Nicholas so Cage. so good. Yeah, I love so Pedro. Funny. Pedro's awesome. Yeah, Pedro's um, awesome. yeah if, if this was all Pedro in this game and all completely animated uh, using him, um, uh, you, you sold me on the eighty nine ninety nine. But yeah. uh, <laughs> no, not with this. Yeah, no, this is this is it's the same game and, and just the character models look a little bit different. It's like, all right, cool. I already know the story because that's the key part of the whole game. Yeah. But overall, I think the Summer Games Fest was okay. Like, I think it was like uh, like a 7 out of 10 or 6 out of 10. I mean, I didn't really think there was something that stood out, but it was just a very run-of-the-mill kind of a kind of an event. Was there any other they, games that kind of stood out for you? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm kind of glad that they set the expectations that, hey, this was not... You're not going to see massive things here. So seeing the odd thing that, that stood out was a nice surprise in the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, I don't think anything else stood out too much. You know, I was happy to see more of... Um, Saints Row, looking forward to that in August. I'm I'm hopeful that would be a good game. Um, and yeah, to be perfectly honest, I don't think there was much else. Uh, what did you think about um, Gotham Knights? I mean, it's... I don't know. Like, in all honesty, I'm not super excited about this game after seeing the gameplay and all. Like, again and again, like, I, I will still buy it just because I love DC so much and I know I'll play it, especially, and I like the whole idea that, you know, you have the the whole Bat family with you and, you know, you're kind of going on these missions together. For me, the concern is, at, like, first of all, what the story is going to be like and also what their plan is with the game. Are we, if we go into more, like, Destiny territory, the gameplay needs to be solid for us to kind of, you know, want to go back. Like, that's the thing with Destiny 2. Like, I, I don't mind jumping in for even, like, 10 minutes to go do a couple of things in Destiny because the gameplay is so fun. And, like, with this, when I saw it, that's what I kept seeing. I'm like, I see what I... Like, it looks like you're trying to do that, but is it that? Like, what's happening? And I don't know. Maybe the characters just didn't... Like, I, I like some of the gameplay uh, stuff that they showed just didn't hit right, I guess. I, I I'm very, like, in the middle. What about you? I hope it plays better than it looks. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely with you. The gameplay looks, I don't know what's the right word to put it. Clunky? It's not janky. It's clunky, it's, it's janky, a, yeah. Yeah, it's but just, it's something, right? It's like, it's like janky, but like not exactly janky. It's hard to tell. Yeah, like the animations are kind of weird. Like they when they move from one, like a slide to standing yeah. and jumping. And um, some of the moves just kind of look a little rough. Um, doesn't feel as fluid as those previous games. So... Um, I'm hopeful that it, like I said, I hope it plays better than it looks um, or feels better than it looks. Um, I'm still, ex I'm not excited. I I'm like you. I I'll probably play it because um, I love a good, you know, DC game. And I yeah. like the fact that there will be more characters and hopefully more options. And uh, it'll keep the gameplay, even if the gameplay is not as solid, um, just having that variety will keep it interesting. 
Um, so we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm I'm hopeful that they find a way to kind of bring us back to the universe because I do miss that universe quite a bit after you know Rocksteady and Arkham Knight and everything like that. So I've been excited for this for for a while, but it's just uh, it, I I was hoping for more of a all right, let's just continue the Batman Arkham story with this studio, Warner Brothers Montreal, and you know Rocksteady can do their own thing, and I I, I thought that would be cool, but instead they kind of went down this road of. All right, let's do like kind of the same as Last of Us. Let's do multiplayer. How do we get a season pass in there? Marvel's Avengers was so successful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, so I think I just I just feel like everyone's going that direction. I'm just like, okay, I I get it, but it's just upsetting for as a gamer. Yeah. But obviously, we gotta talk about the Xbox Bethesda showcase, which happened literally like I think a day or so, a day or so later. Uh, I'll you know what? We'll start off with Starfield. I think we should, we should probably start off with Starfield. <laughs> But I'll let you talk because I've kind of already given my opinion on it. But like, so what do you, they showed you gameplay. They uh, they, they haven't given us a release date. They just said spring 2023, which is fine. Yeah. What do you think about the game? (laughs) So I'll say right off the bat, I was not excited for Starfield. Like the only excitement I had for Starfield was the fact that it was going to be a Bethesda RPG. And I have very fond memories of Bethesda RPGs. Specifically Fallout 3 was amazing um and uh skyrim obviously amazing those two stuck out the most to me and those are the ones that i put whatever probably 100 hours each into um ever since then uh you know uh, new vegas was another one that i also loved and put a lot of time into um but after that i kind of fell off like fallout 4 just did not do anything for me i i didn't think the building was that interesting and um the actual game just i don't know it just felt too samey and i was kind of over it um, so I didn't really get into that one. So I'm just kind of hoping for another experience of some of those older games, um, something new. The only problem is, is I'm not really a big space person. I'm not big sci-fi. I'm definitely more on the fantasy side. Um, but I, hey, I, a great game is a great game. Mass Effect is some of my favorite games ever. And I got some Mass Effect vibes watching this. So that piqued my excitement. I like that the the combat is moving away from the bats or if there is bats it's going to be like an option or or something like that it is going to be more actiony um kind of like mass effects so that part got me excited um that you know it looks very much like a bethesda rpg which (laughs) that alone got me kind of excited too because i have this feeling that there is going to be this vast world of um stories and uh you know side uh side fractions to uh yeah uh factions to um explore and and go through those kind of quest lines um the actual gameplay i saw looked rough like um (laughs) i i don't get that really like i i get that they want to make it look as pretty as possible for these presentations but like you could tell it was running at a very low frame rate which is really a turnoff so i'm just hoping that i'm very hoping that that is not the case when it comes out. Um, I mean, like, it you did and I look have good. a PC. Like you and I have a PC, right? So I feel like we can still kind of manage with that. For me, the main issue with the gameplay was, and I think I told you about this when it comes to Elder Ring and From Software, was the hits. And like I, I've been playing Cyberpunk quite a bit, yeah. and even with Cyberpunk, it did a much better job of when you're shooting someone. Like I, there was either the weapon that's like a pistol that does like crazy amount of damage, and and you see like the enemy just kind of like kind of move back, you know, just react to it. Like almost yeah. like old school acting lesson. You get punched, you move back or whatever. Right. And in this case, it was not happening. And I was like, okay, don't just like do like a bullet sponge thing. I just like see the bar go down. 
Yeah, yeah, I, that that's definitely a fair criticism. So, I mean, those are all things that I I still think can be tightened up before release, and um, hopefully that's why they did the delay is to tighten that stuff up. Um, so that's my biggest concern. Otherwise, yeah, no, like I, I am kind of excited. Like like I said, just getting that Mass Effect vibe. Um, I kind of don't care about the whole planet thing. Like for me. <laughs> Like, I'm not big on exploring. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I love having a big world. But if there's no reward to that exploration, I kind of just don't care that much. Like, um, that's one of the reasons that I loved Elden Ring so much was it, not just the fact that it was this massive, beautiful world, which helped. But the fact was that exploring that world was rewarding. So I'm hoping that with all these planets and stuff, like... I'm not expecting all the planets to be super deep and have all this stuff in them. Like, I think they actually said it in the extended showcase, like space is very empty. You're not going to have, all these planets are not going to have a ton of stuff to them um, and don't expect them to, because that's just not how space is. And I agree. Like, I don't like at a certain point, like what's the point of having thousands of planets with slight variations and, and different kind of stuff just to fill them out. Um, so, like, I mean, I'll go to those planets because there's crafting mats or something that I really need. And that will be enjoyable because at least if I'm going to be grinding for crafting stuff, at least if I'm going to different environments and landing on different planets that have, like, you know, different weather and that kind of stuff, that could be interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, like, as far as just an exploration type thing, uh, I don't care. So um, that's not too much of a bummer to me. I think with the with the thousand planets thing, right? Like I also didn't really I didn't really like that announcement because they said it because they were zooming out and they don't they did the whole No Man's Sky thing. And look, if No Man's Sky never existed, maybe I wouldn't feel this way. But No Man's Sky does. And I'm like, when I when they did that whole thing, I'm like, like no, like I do not care for I know that even Skyrim was in some sense procedurally generated, but the idea was it was yet it that was done when the game was being made, and then the developers kind of went in and added stuff to it, right? In this case, when they, when you do that, oh, there's a thousand planets. I'm like, there's no way you had time to go to every single planet and and tweak everything. So I was yeah. like, if they zoomed out and they said this is one universe, and by the way, we have five universes you can explore or something. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like I I would be more excited. But when this when they kept zooming out, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so they they said that too, right? And it goes to the whole like space is empty type thing, which you know, call that an excuse or not, but. Um, the fact is, is that, yes, all those procedural generated planets, as far as I could tell, they're just going to be literally a place for you to go and get resources. And for me, that's fine. Because again, I don't need every single planet to have a handcrafted feel to it. They said that the, all the planets that you go to that are story related or side quest related, those are handcrafted is my yeah. understanding. So the ones that you'll be guided to, you're going to get very unique stuff but yeah like this whole general you have all these planets you can fly all around and stuff and again i'm sure some people that get very excited by that for me again it's just like i didn't even i haven't even played no man's sky um as soon as i i when i found out what it was in the beginning and i know it's better now and maybe one day i'll go play it i had zero interest i was just like okay that's cool i already can tell that these planets are just going to be like boilerplates you know slight variations and kind of sounds like that's what it was at first yeah and I, I think with with starfield what i was looking for was like the story right because i was like okay what's gonna what's gonna grab me because this is what happened with with fallout 3 with uh with i didn't really finish new vegas but 
Skyrim is one, Oblivion as well. Like they all had like a really cool story that was like, okay, I want to know what happens next. And like, just at least obviously they, they didn't really have a chance to fully kind of explore the story in the in the trailer. But just with the story or like, just the story which we were getting, they just kind of showed, hey, there's different factions and they don't, they don't like each other. I'm like, okay, that's like every, you know, <laughs> Star Trek or space opera kind of a show or whatever out there. I'm like, okay, what else is there? They don't really go into it. I'm like, I get what they're trying to do because they obviously want to get people in with the gameplay and they kind of show the thousand plants and all that. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure a majority of people that really love the series is because of what there is to do. Kind of like The Witcher 3, all that stuff. Like, you know, no one no one goes in being like, oh man, the Skyrim gameplay, ace. You know, Fallout 4 was so fun. Like, it's like, no, we, we go in because we, we're, we're, there's so many amazing characters to meet. So that's what I'm hoping the next trailer is about. It's like, this is the story. These are characters you will be you'll be meeting, and you know, so I can actually get invested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that a hundred percent, man. Give me a great story. Give me interesting characters. That's what's going to guide me through this game. Um, make that side fra- uh, faction stuff interesting. Give, like, if I go to that faction and you know progress in it, and I get a sweet weapon at the end, it'll feel worth it to me. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly, right? There's such a cool way of kind of, they can easily like kind of work with that. And and like, especially now, since Skyrim, so many other games or like even Fallout 4, so many other games like Destiny or even like stuff like Lost Ark, Diablo, Immortal, as much as people don't like it. All these games have come out that have kind of found a way to have missions with a cool like loot reward at the end. They can easily implement that. And this is a game where it's a space game. They can easily have like armor plates and this and that, and they can kind of work with that. So I'm, I'm confident that they can do something good with it. My thought process, or at least my thinking, if they don't really show us the story too much, is that this is going to be like Halo Infinite when it comes out in November. Everyone's going to be talking about it in November, and then it's just gone. It's just, it's not, I'm looking at it as uh, what, what Elden Ring did this year. Like Elden Ring came out, and people are still talking about it. People are buying consoles because of it. But will, will Starfield, at least in your, in your case, do you think Starfield will be the game that we keep talking about for 2023, is it a, is it a console that's going to get, or the game that's going to get people to go out and buy a Series S or a Series X? Um, I don't think so. Like, I mean, it will be, I, I, I'm not expecting it to be a game changer like Elden Ring. I, I'm expecting it to be another solid Bethesda RPG, not at launch down the road. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I suspect honest, yeah. I, I suspect you'll see a similar tale, not quite as long as Skyrim, but I think you'll see a very similar one where this game won't be uh, a hot topic f- throughout the year, but it will keep coming up. They'll have like DLC. It'll get re-released on new platforms. Um, it, I, that's what I suspect. Um, but again, I don't think it's going to be a game changer in any way. It is. It is going to be a Bethesda RPG. It is going to be something new that it is in space. They will have new stuff. Um, but again, I don't expect anything major from it. I just hope that, you know, it's a solid game. I hope there's good systems. Hope it's interesting. But I don't need to be talking about it every throughout the year. Yeah, honestly, I I think there might be, at least on the on the Xbox side, there might be another game that I feel like could take that mantle. And like, this might be obviously like just completely out there, but it might be Redfall uh, because I love Arcane. Like I've, because I'm such a huge Dishonored fan and that's probably, and also Prey, that's why I always kind of root for them wherever I can. And Redfall, they show Redfall 
and like the overall like the whole gameplay and everything was very much like yeah you you have weapons and stuff like that and this is kind of like our version of left for dead in a, in a way but because it's arcane behind it and they are also pushing for the fact that it's single player like you can play it alone you don't need to play with someone else and they have that story like pedigree the way they are able to tell stories the way they make their immersive sims i feel like redfall is a game that everyone's just kind of putting to the side right now like oh yeah like redfall like another left for dead back for blood clone or whatever like whatever all that stuff but when it comes out it might be like death loop where it's like 10 out of 10 everyone loves it so like what did you think about redfall in terms of that reveal slash gameplay trailer yeah uh i'm super into it um when i saw that trailer i was like oh okay i'm digging this um yeah i my initial impression was it was that um there is fatigue in that kind of style of game um i think uh back for blood is a perfect example i played a lot of back for blood and i thought that game was played super well was super fun um but once i kind of did everything and then you know kind of played a little bit more after it, it i just didn't have that drive to go back like um like i did with earlier ones like with left for dead um so i was kind of already and and other ones have come out and i just haven't had a desire to go play them because i'm kind of over it a bit so that was my biggest concern with redfall but after hearing everything about it that i have that it is going to be a little more of an arcane arcane game um that it is going to have that single player component that is not just going to be you with three ai but it's going to be single player focus you're going to have that progression that you you find in arcane games um my understanding is is as it's more open world than level based and that is very exciting to me the fact that it it will be something more continuous just not these you, you do a little level and then you start over and rinse and repeat um so i'm pretty excited um very optimistic uh i mean We'll see. Arcane's not perfect, but they when when they nail it, they nail it. So I, yeah. I'm excited. I know I'm I'm looking forward to it. And again, it's on Game Pass and stuff, right? Like what, the way I try to look at these games or these announcements is like you and I like we have a PC and an Xbox, so we and we have Game Pass, right? So we we get access to these. I look at it in terms of if someone is out there who doesn't have an Xbox right now, maybe has a PlayStation, maybe has a Nintendo Switch. And they're like, hey, like, I want to get into this ecosystem. Is this worth it, right? Is this something that's worth it? And that's kind of where I was like, Starfield might be that game. But I'm like, Redfall is a game that showcases that a, a bit more. Like, Redfall is has a cool story from what I can tell. Obviously, it could be completely wrong. It has a cool story. It has good gameplay. It's made, being made by Arkane. I'm like, this could be that poster game of like, hey, get an Xbox. Like, you can play Redfall on this for free, technically, with, with Game Pass. The other game, I, I obviously I will kind of brush over this. Both of Motorsport got announced. I'm really excited for this game. It sucks that it's coming out next year. I honestly thought it was going to come out this year. It's going to be Gran Turismo 7 versus Forza Motorsport. Uh, but already, I already like the digs that are being taken by, by their team because uh, it's coming out next year. And one of the things that they said was, this is, by the way, 4K, 60 FPS on Xbox Series X with ray tracing. So for anyone that doesn't know, Gran Turismo 7 is 4K, 60 FPS or probably like uh, an upscale version of that on PlayStation 5. And ray tracing is only available in replay. So once you've done with the race and you watch the replay, you, you can see the ray tracing and it's also at 30 FPS, that, that replay. So I just love that. I was like, oh yeah, they know who they're talking to because I play Gretchen the 7. I'm like, you got me. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm done. Did but, they, maybe they said it in somewhere else, but did they make a dig about the um, DLC cars or anything like that? 
Oh, I hope they did. I, I, I thought I heard something about that, but I could be wrong. About I, I mean, that I there wouldn't did. be like hundred dollar cars or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. If that if, if that was there, oh my god. Yo, yeah. I love it. I Turn could be 10, wrong. Maybe I, that was just something else I heard, but yeah. No, but it, that's awesome because I think Grand Turismo Seven and Pulafini need to need to have a wake up call of of how they're treating their fan base, like the pretty loyal fan base. So yeah. I'm more than happy to dedicate more of my time to Ford and Motorsport if they treat me a bit with a bit more respect than Grand Turismo. Uh, the the real um, announcement here was Forza Horizon Five Hot Wheels DLC though. Yeah, and it's coming <laughs> what end of this month or next month? It's uh, coming out really soon. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. I know I reinstalled uh, Forza Horizon Five on, on my PC with my wheel and everything attached, and I'm nice. like, okay, I'm back in. Yeah. You, you brought me back. Yeah, I'm ready for I, that. the obviously the other other big huge game was Diablo Four, and they kind of showed more of that. And again, it's Diablo Four. I was surprised, at least maybe this might change when the deal goes through, but Diablo 4 does, it does say that it's not on Game Pass next year or whatever. And I was like, that might change, you know, like right now it's the deal still going through. Yeah. But Diablo 4, it, it looks good. It's basically what we wanted for Immortal, I guess. <laughs> A proper Diablo. A proper Diablo for sure. I, I, I think the biggest surprise here is the fact that they effectively gave it a release date um that they said everything that you see here is going to be playable within 12 months so the fact that we're 12 months away from diablo 4 that's exciting um and i think it looks good like uh yeah everything i've seen so far has me excited having you know mounts and and whatnot um yeah i mean i just hope they just really hope they don't put in some really shitty microtransactions (laughs) you never know you never know I think the that one cool game that I, I I really like I like I just like love the look of was High on Life and it's made by I think Justin Roiland who is kind of known for Rick and Morty and and I think he's done a couple of other games but like it looked cool it had like the 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 whole thing with the the gun that can talk to you and everything like that oh, I just yeah. like love that it just it just seemed really cool and I'm like all right finally something that's new and interesting you know rather than just the same repetitive template again and again Blake and Requiem. Plague Tale Requiem also looks good. It's coming out this year. It's on Game Pass. I'm really excited for that. I played the first one. Um, if you haven't, really worth it. Plague Tale is such a good game. Absolutely. Wolong Fallen Dynasty, we kind of talked about it before. So Team Ninja is making this game. I think this is on Game Pass, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah again, uh, just Game Pass is just hitting out of the park. Yeah, totally. The fact that, again, like that game just looked amazing to me and that I'm not even... I'm going to have a day one ready to go just... Such a good deal. Yeah. I, I think one uh, partnership or whatever announcement I'm going to talk about, which was, which is, first of all, caused way too much chaos that I thought it would in like the gaming space for some reason, um, at least on the Reddit space. But, you know, like Xbox came out and it was like, I was like, okay, like they're going to be announcing some cool games and everything like that, new games, all that stuff. And they brought on Hideo Kojima. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, wow. This is awesome. It's going to be a new game, this announcement, that, whatever. And they literally just came up to be like, Hey, I'm partnering with Xbox, you know? Awesome. That's exactly what they did with Sony. He did with Sony yeah. too, wasn't it? They okay. literally just they didn't say they didn't say anything other than we're gonna make a game together that, that first time with um Andrew House, where yeah, the, the two of them were talking. The Japanese, like, yeah. It was literally the same thing. I know I, I think but um, I I will say that one came after a time where Melgus Odd Five came out and then he was like go from Konami and people were like, Hey, what's happening with Hideo Kojima? And he's like, I'm part with PlayStation. You know, like, there's, there's like a big of a bit of a punch, you know? Here, it's like, Hideo Kojima's like, I made Death Stranding. 
People kind of forgot about that. No, normally, just keeps going on podcasts, revealing Death Stranding two, and just talking about Death Stranding again and again for whatever reason. By the way, I'm partnering with Xbox. You're like, okay, cool. Again, see, that was me. I'm like, all right, cool. I I thought you're gonna show us the game or something, but whatever. Yeah, fine. I People mean, online. Sorry? You could argue. You could argue it is has the same effect because it it's Xbox, right? Like, yeah, it's not a Japanese company and it is not the company that, you know, his, what he's known for was built off of that platform. Yeah. Right. So, um, but again, yeah, I agree with you. Like at this point, it's just like <laughs> I, to have someone come out and just be like, Hey, I'm going to make a game for this platform. Yeah. is just such a weird thing. <laughs> like, okay. So what does it mean? Because I've heard this once before and the game was not too great in my opinion, which was crackdown uh, three but he's kind of saying, I'm going to leverage the cloud. And I'm trying to understand because they said that with Titanfall and they're like, the only way this game can work when Xbox One came out, the only way this game can work on, on anything is because we have the cloud to our disposal and the Titanfall 2 came out on everything. But so like, I, I'm trying to understand, oh, is this, is this just uh, Hideo Kojima's way of saying that, hey, you got to connect your Facebook to the game so we yeah. can populate the world? Like, what does that mean? Uh, I mean, it's kind of, it, it is dumb to this whole thing of like, they're trying to sell like the cloud as they're going to have all this processing power to do stuff that they've never done before and everything. I mean, let's be real. Like the cloud has always been a part of games since the day that we've had online games. I mean, yeah. games today, they run in the cloud. They run on servers. A multiplayer game is running on a server. It's handling requests. It's handling logic. Um, you know, I just, again, it's just at this point, you're splitting hairs, right? You're going to be doing a little more in the cloud. You're going to be doing some more calculations that you're at the end of the day to claim that this couldn't be done on the console or whatever. And, um, I mean, if that is true, then it has to be online only. Like it has to be, if that's yeah. really what they're saying it is, right. If they're really using the cloud for the power of it well, then you better not have an offline mode because then you're not really using it because you're not doing those calculations in the cloud or whatever, right? So I've always thought this was a really dumb thing of, you know, like, again, we're going to be doing all this in the cloud, but um, I mean, that's always what ga multiplayer games have been. So yeah, I, I mean, whatever, we'll see what they make. I, I, I don't doubt that like one day down the road when... I think the true um, effect of this is when streaming, like streaming is, is the way we get our games. Like when yeah. internet is just so fast that the streaming experience is good enough that people don't want consoles anymore, um, like it or not, that is going to happen one day. Um, and it will be fine because it will be so good that we won't worry about it that at that point when all the processing is done in the cloud then we'll actually start to see some of this stuff right because at that point then the hardware is not your true limitation because now they can build stuff against these platforms that have all this power they can do everything will be done on the server side you will be just receiving the video but this whole middle ground of you have your console processing a bunch of it and then you're also going to be doing stuff in the cloud well, at the end of the day, if you're not always online, then it's not going to be, it's not going to truly be what they're saying it is. So, um, and I just don't think at this point when they have, you're going to put something on a console 
again, unless it's something like destiny that where you have to be online all the time, um, you can't have it. So you're going to be splitting user base. You're going to have, you know, most of the time splitting your user base like that is enough for someone to say, we don't want to put all our eggs in this basket. Yeah. Like I, I like, I mean, like in terms of, you know, the, the future and everything, like I've, I've tried Google Stadia and I've also tried the tried X cloud and I have gigabit inter internet on my side and like Google Stadia was surprisingly good. X cloud was, was not that good for whatever reason. I don't know. Sometimes it's just the connection, right? Like to the servers and everything like that. So like for me, like I'm not fully sold on uh, just game streaming as, as an experience like right now, maybe in like the, it, I can see it being a thing in like the next 30 to 40 years or something like that, because like, I think that, that with Ubisoft and like all these other companies, we've seen this push of, Hey, yeah, this is the future. Let's put our eggs in this basket. Let's go for it and everything like that. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. And I understand where they're coming from with film and, and, you know, music and everything, all that being in the cloud, but those are all like passive experiences. You know, it's like, you just press play and it might lag or whatever, but it's still going with games, right? You're like, if you're playing Call of Duty, like who wants to be streaming the game, which is then technically connecting the internet on top of that and playing with other people. Again, like my understanding for of this is like very minimal, but I'm like waiting for that tipping point where what I saw with Google Stadia, cause I played in World Phoenix Rising for a little bit on Google Stadia and I kept trying to break the game. I was like, I was like playing on my PC. Um, and like, I was just, it was just through Google Chrome, which is crazy. I was just like Google Chrome. I just went there, started playing. And I was like, all right, like, I'm going to just move around like crazy. I'm going to wait for it to like lag a little bit. It did not happen. Like it was on point, but again, I'm connected with ethernet with a gigabit internet, like and all that stuff. Right. So I'm waiting for that tipping point as well in terms of like, like you said, like in terms of them actually utilizing, you know, that, uh, the processing power I'm, I've heard that a few times before and I'm just like, okay, like that's cool, but the game still needs to be good. <laughs> You know, you can't, you can't put out a crackdown three and be like, look at the process power. Like, I don't know if this game looks bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear on the streaming thing, I don't think this is a near future thing. It is a long ways away. Um, but I mean, you just, and not to use, like, I agree. Games are a different use case, a hundred percent, which is why we're not there yet and not going to be anytime soon. Um, but at the same time, there was people that were like, I'm always going to get just the Blu-ray because yeah. I'm not going to get that quality anywhere else. Eventually, convenience trumps all else. Um, oh, yeah. And there is always going to be PC well, for, you know, I don't know how long, but well into that streaming future, there is still going to be a super high-end hardware. People are still going to just be playing stuff locally. But at a certain point, that younger generation is going to catch up. And that's who they're going to start catering to. And those are the ones that are just, those are the ones playing Fortnite on their phone right now through Xbox uh, cloud streaming. Xcloud, and, yeah. And I believe they said one, oh, forget the number. It, it was something like one out of every four people playing that did not have an Xbox account. Wow. Yeah. That, so... I mean and that's like you said, millions of people. Well, that's like I said, like it, it, it's convenience, right? And and I can easily see that with so many people that don't have consoles right now, and just being like, hey, just it, you thirty day free trial, just go on XCloud, try it a game, and that could be their way of of getting into video games. And I know that they've already released an uh, an app for Samsung, I believe, for um for XCloud. Yeah, I've been waiting for that for. I mean, I have an LG TV. I'm like, just put it on like as many things as you can because I want to try that out as well. I want to see. Having that app 
having my internet, just being able to kind of jump in. Because again, like I like the idea that xCloud is connected to your console and your profile in a way so you kind of get all your games um, accessible through that. And I just want to jump into a game like, like I have my Xbox outside, but what if I'm in my bedroom, right? If, what if I just want to connect to my TV there, just quickly play for a little bit? I like that idea. Yeah. That idea sounds futuristic and so awesome. Yeah, I think the um, accessibility of internet is, a, is the big part to it too, right? And what I mean by that is we still don't have internet everywhere we go type thing. And I think that is still a barrier. So for example, I was on a flight recently and I was like, I hope the flight has Wi-Fi, and if it does, I'm going to pay for it, and I'm actually going to try to use xCloud on this plane. Um, the Wi-Fi was not even good enough to stream YouTube, so oh <laughs> it God. did not work out. <laughs> um, so, but I think those are things that are going to get solved eventually, right? Like, eventually, you will just go on a plane. You are going to have a fast enough internet connection that you will be able to stream stuff um, through your device without even probably connecting to a, uh, airplane Wi-Fi wi or something like that. So yeah. again, it is a far ways off, but I, I, I do think eventually it will catch up and it will just be a part of life and it will happen naturally and we won't even think about it, but yeah. Yeah. And we'll I, 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 for me, I always find it interesting maybe because we're in Canada and like the, the, the mobile plans and everything are a little bit different from other countries, but like, you know, when they kind of bring up like, Oh yeah, you're on your phone and you can utilize 5g and, and be able to utilize that for your for streaming games and everything like that. And I'm just like, I have like a cap of like 12 or 15 gigabytes or whatever, like for, on my side, I'm like, I'm not going to be playing a video game so I can use all yeah. that up. Yeah, the, so again, that's, another, that's us. <laughs> another thing to it as well too, is caps and everything. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. I know. And I think the other other cool announcement, which, you know, uh, maybe for me didn't hit as much because like I, maybe I w I'm just not into that series as much was Persona 3, 4, and 5 yeah. being announced for Xbox and PC and coming to Game Pass. So finally leaving the PlayStation console. Are you a Persona fan? And is this, is this a big deal? <laughs> it is a big deal. And it's very exciting to me because um, it's, well, I guess it's hard to call me a Persona fan, but I'm a huge fan of Persona 5, which was okay. the first and only Royale. Persona I played. Um, not I did not play the Royale one. I played okay. the... Um, I played the just a regular one when it came out and um, put uh, over 100 hours into it and loved it. I thought it was uh, a great game. So I never played three or four. Um, I've considered buying, I think, four golden. Uh, on, it's on PC, right? It's on Steam. On, on Steam. I considered buying that a couple of times, but held off just because I was like, ah, I'm not ready to invest that much time into um, one of these right now. Uh, but hey when they're on game pass i will definitely be checking them out and see if either of them hook me yeah no i'm i like i've i'm probably like 40 50 hours into persona 5 and i feel like i, I just hit like the midpoint so i i need to get back in it's just more of like okay like i need to kind of remember where i was because it's yeah wild. five was so good man that, yeah that game it is, it, for me the key thing is game pass like it's on game pass you don't need to pay anything for it might as well give it a shot absolutely yeah the next showcase that we should definitely talk about is because we have like a, a, at least one of the games has DLC finally coming out for it, which I'm really excited for. So Capcom did their showcase. They showed a bunch of games. We don't need to talk about all of them. They showed Exo Primal, which is like their version of Back for Blood, but with, with dinosaurs in a sense. They showed Resident Evil 4 remake. They showed gameplay snippets of it. It looks good. I mean, like, are are you excited for this? Are you excited for Resident Evil 4 making that with this kind of comeback? Uh no, I'm not. I wouldn't say excited. I mean, I will probably play it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm not super excited about it. I mean, I think Resident Evil 4 is amazing, but 
uh, that game has been re-released multiple times. I've, you know, I've already played it and enjoyed it. And again, I will probably play it again, this new version when there's some downtime, but it's not something I'm going to be jumping on right away, probably. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I would want to check it out, but like, yeah, like depending on what, because it's coming out next year and there's so many games coming out in that initial like couple of months, like like this year that I'm just like, yeah, this might be a September game or something for me next year. Um, the other one was Resident Evil Village. They finally announced the DLC, uh, which I, I don't think it spoils anymore. Like it's already been announced and everything like that, but basically it's a continuation of the story and you play um, Ethan's daughter, Rose, in the, I, the the game i wasn't sure what the hell was happening in the story but that's i guess that's really evil but like yeah what do you i mean they're finally releasing dlc which they told us they would like a while back so like are you excited for this to kind of jump back in yeah i think so i i love village um it's definitely one of my most favorite recent resident evils without a doubt uh felt yeah. like that one was a right amount of stupid and yeah. unique in so many ways so um yeah, I probably will check out this DLC. I mean, it, it definitely will depend. When is it? Did they say when it's coming it's, out? They said fall, so like probably fall. Like September onwards. Yeah, I mean, it will all come down to what I'm playing at the time. So if um, I'm not super deep into, you know, Modern Warfare 2 or anything like that, I probably will check it out. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, uh, there's, there's rumors that June 30th is when Sony's going to have an event for God of War. And we'll finally announce the release date and like multiple people like inside of are saying that nope it is coming out this year like yeah no matter what it is coming out this year so yeah if i mean if i'm playing god of war i'm not going to be playing village dlc yeah, my prediction <laughs> god of war will destroy Elder ring out the water that's all i'm, all I'm saying i haven't uh, finished sorry, Elder ring yet. <laughs> sorry say what you i i heard a bunch of shit come out of your mic <laughs> <laughs> hey hey god of war okay i know i think i made i made the same bet with Horizon, did I say Horizon would get like a bunch of 10 out of 10s? And then yeah. it was like, okay. And then when we did our review, I was like, ah, it was okay. So, you know what? <laughs> I should wait, but I'll still put the bet out there. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you are into this game, uh, but this was a big thing for a lot of people. It became like a cult favorite over time. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 got announced. I've, I've played the demo of the first one on the PS3. Like way back, I remember when it got announced and they had a demo. I never like you know cared for it too much. I didn't know it was this big, but they're now they have a new one coming out. Like, I, is this a game that you would want to play? I never played the first one, and I've always been intrigued by it, but I never ever pulled the trigger. And I mean, I probably even bought it. I'm sure it's in my Steam <laughs> library, but it's like four dollars right now. On yeah, Steam. yeah. No, I um again i'm intrigued but I, I really don't know if i'm i'm going to jump on this one either well we'll see yeah i mean the other showcase the last showcase that was the big showcase that happened was final fantasy 7 um anniversary showcase by square enix um one of the things that they announced was crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion i don't know what, what the hell that means basically like a painting with a game that came out, came out on the psp that was set right before Final Fantasy VII, if I'm not mistaken, and it was always stuck on that on PSP, which was one of the greatest consoles of all time. Uh, and then, fine, and then now they're finally releasing it on everything else. I I know you play Final Fantasy VII. Like, is are you excited for this? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I think uh, the only Final Fantasy like I love the original Final Fantasy VII, but I almost everything that has come as a spin-off or a tie-in. Um, with the exception of the remake, obviously, I've kind of not cared about. Like, 
I remember at peak Final Fantasy seven time watching um, Advent Children, the oh, yeah. the movie, and just being like, well, "What is this? Like this, yeah. <laughs> this is just gone off the rails." And um, yeah, none of the other spinoff stuff got me excited. So honestly, not not super into any of it. Um, I just care about the remake. I mean, talk about remake. They did finally, and now I don't get like these naming structures, whatever. I just don't understand it. But basically, they announced the next one is coming out next year, according to them. <laughs> Maybe it's not going to be next year, but it's called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Why it's called Rebirth? No clue, because the first was called Remake, so it makes no sense. And then obviously they showed that there's going to be a third one, which let's be honest, following Matrix is going to be reloaded. I'm assuming <laughs> it's going to be Matrix reloaded. So I, I mean, look, they got they announced Rebirth. Uh, did you finish remake yet or no? No, I haven't. Um, uh, again, I've been meaning to go back to it, but I think it's like, uh, again, it's knowing that it is not the entire thing. But now, after seeing this, I'm a little worried um, that the next piece is not going to be. So, what I was kind of hoping for was, well, I still have so many questions. Um, so, the big big thing is is that like because the first remake was the that first little part of seven right and then the best part about seven to me was the big open world area in the middle where you are going all around and and exploring and doing different stuff and leveling up and everything that's what one of the things i loved about that game and again i'm not expecting the one-to-one remake but i was hoping that this second part was going to be kind of a more of an open world uh exploring and and doing different types of stuff um and then also, I'm still not sure of like, how is it going to transition from the first to the second? Like, are we, is there a transition? Is this just like, you know, really like the second, like a sequel, not a sequel, but it's like the second part, right? So it's like, do you start fresh? And are you starting from level one? And like, all that kind of stuff is, is kind of the reason why I'm kind of hesitant to go play, finish the remake, because I know once this is going to be close to coming out, I'm going to want to go back to the remake anyways. So um, I still have a lot of questions about what this is. My concern is, is that, and again, they didn't show a ton. It looked linear, like, uh, like it was very similar to the remake and it might not open up a lot. That's a little bit of a concern. And I know that this was, again, like I never played the, uh, the original one, but I know that this part, when they go to Midgard or something is when, everything kind of opens up and it's like supposed to be like the best part of the game. And I guess yeah. this is supposed to be that part. Um, the thing that like you kind of brought up was, was perfect because the producers or the, or the game developers, they have come out and said that, Hey, when rebirth comes out, if you're new to the series, you can just jump in, in, in from rebirth. And I'm like, wait, what? I, I'm that does not make any sense to me because of like, because what they're remaking the initial original game. I'm like, wait, you can't just cut out the initial part and be like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. And don't, don't worry. And they even said that, and I found this really funny as well because they were like, yeah, you know what? Some people want to actually find it a better experience if they just start with Rebirth rather than playing Remake. And I'm like, what do you think? I'm, I'm really confused as to what this game is now. Exactly. That's that's where my concern is too, right? Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not, I guess I was hoping for that same feeling I had when I played the first one and it's not what I'm getting, um, which is fine. It could be something totally different. I mean, Everyone loves that first part of the remake. Um, but again, I was kind of hoping something a little more faithful, I guess. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. I know I'm, I'm literally at the last 
spots for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, like, I kind of, like, stopped it there because I was like, yeah, I'm going to finish it later. I just never went back. So I'm going to definitely do that and do the UFI, uh DLC to kind of prepare for this. But again, they said next year. That honestly means, like, 2025. That was the biggest surprise is that yeah. they, they have, I, all right, they have the next... guts to claim that this is going to come out next year. <laughs> right? I'm like, can you think about it? Like, like this year, Forspoken, apparently, based on, like, all the stuff that's still there. Forspoken, next year, Final Fantasy 16, and this one, like, no. Go ahead, chill out. That's right. There's no way they're going to release both in the same year. Yeah. Just, they just want to hype us up right now. They just want to get us too excited. But with that, we can talk about some of the games that we have been playing. I know you've been playing a game that a lot of people have been talking about recently. Neon White. What do you think about it? Uh, is it better than Elden Ring? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great game, actually. Um, so uh, I've only played a couple hours into it so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is very surprising. Um it is a run-based game is the best way to put it. Uh, basically, the levels are all about getting the best time. Um, there is different tiers. So you basically have bronze, silver, gold, and ace, I believe is what they call the, the top one. Um, so the idea is that you are... Um, so basically, it is first person. Uh, there is a card system. So you basically... You start off with a single card, which is basically just a uh, sword swipe. Um, you pick up cards in the level. Um, I believe you can have up to two cards uh, that are excluding your um, sword card. Um, so the cards work this way. is so basically you pick up a card and a card will have a gun on it. So there'll be a handgun, um, machine gun, and assault rifle are the three I've come across. Um, but the interesting part is, is that you can discard the card. And when you discard the card, it basically does a special ability. So for example, the gun is, um, when you discard it, you do a double jump. So if you jump in the air, do the discard ability, you double jump. The, um, machine gun basically shoots a grenade. Um, that grenade you can use to basically double jump as well. So the, you could, if there's like, for example, in the level, they might have a group of demons below a cliff. You'll throw the grenade, um, and then you'll jump on the grenade. And as you as it blows up, it'll kill the demons, and it'll launch you in the air, and you'll get on the next platform. Um, and then uh, you can swap between the cards. So if you have like the machine gun and uh, the assault rifle, the assault rifle does like a dash. So you can basically um, swap between them to to discard in in different circumstances. Um, and yeah, so really the goal is kill all the demons. So, uh, there all, there's not a ton usually like, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20, depending on the level so far. Um, and yeah, you, you go through, you got to kill the demons and get to the end of the level. The levels are not super long. Some of them are getting a little bit longer. Um, and yeah, you just got to try to get there in under a certain amount of time to get gold. Um, and then it seems like you have to get gold or higher on all of them to get to kind of continue to the next section. So each section is kind of broken up in multiple of, uh, of these runs. Um, and yeah, it plays like really nice. Uh, it, it feels really fluid and smooth. Um, uh, it's There's like water and you can run on the water and you actually run faster on the water. So you start to come up with like different ways to get through the level a little bit faster. It's like, Oh, okay. Like I can go this way or I could go around on the water and then use my double jump to get up on that cliff over there as opposed to going the longer way. Um, another neat thing about it is, is that there is like side quests. So each level, I'm not sure if it's each level um, has it, but there's gifts in the levels. 
So basically, if you get the gift, um, you could take it back to uh, one of the characters in this kind of hub world, and then um, it will like progress uh, quests and stuff. Um, so to get those gifts, you you kind of will redo the level and not worry about the time. So you can basically what you can do is you can go around and pick up all the handgun cards. So then that way you'll have like maybe a stack of four handgun cards, which means you could do four double jumps to reach that high platform where that gift is or something like that. So there's a lot of good replayability in the level and everything. Um, the outside of the level is um, uh, very anime, <laughs> like super oh. anime. Um, so uh, definitely uh, if you're you're into that, you'll, you'll definitely enjoy that side stuff. Uh, the, there's a lot of dialogue. It's all fully voiced and everything. So... Um, I'm kind of hot and cold on some of it. Some of it is is okay, and then some of it's like a little like eh, that's a yeah. <laughs> it's the, 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 in terms of, in terms of story and everything. Is it like not really engaging? Is it just more of like yeah, just focus on the gameplay? Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, it's this whole thing of like you're neon white, so everyone yeah. is neon something. So there's neon white, and another character is neon yellow, and another character is neon pink. Um, and there's a bunch of like it's kind of like the story still story kind of uh telling um and yeah it's it's all like uh it's all about you're like in heaven and you kind of have memory and you kind of don't and you meet these new people and they remember you but you don't remember them and um yeah and then some of the characters are again some of them are are decent some are not so decent in my opinion but um yeah i mean it's not forgettable there is something there that i've been watching them and somewhat engaged uh but i would i'm definitely not there for the story that's for sure yeah i i mean i it looks interesting to me and uh i just want i before i buy the game right now i want to confirm uh are we there like friends leaderboard so i can i can beat your score and stuff 100 percent. so oh, yeah I'm bring, bring right. it on <laughs> But then there you go. I, I, that's all I need to buy on Steam. So I can, yeah. I can it'll, it'll be more beneficial to you because you'll go into the levels and then you'll see my score and then you'll want to stick around to try to beat it. So, yeah, like I, I like, I like, I like that idea of it that it's like the the mission structure is is fast paced. That hey, if you want to get till the end, you can go for it. It's kind of like the golden path of just go through it. But there's enough stuff to do there. It's kind of like Hitman Three, right? Like that's a lot of people don't really understand Hitman. I've noticed because. For them, it's like, yeah, the game is like done in like three or four hours or five hours. I'm like, no, that's not the point of Hitman. The whole point of Hitman is you do the, the whole location is a breathing, living thing. And you spend time there because you are you do the mission. But then when you do other ways of doing that, and they, they give you like a whole story-based thing of like, hey, fo- follow this route and we'll give you more story bits. And I'm like, that when you do that, you get more information about the story, the lore, the world. And you see different things that you're like, oh my God, that was in this game. The entire time I didn't even see it. And I feel like that's kind of what I appreciate with games like Neon White, where they're like, like, yeah, like, no, I mean, you can face the game if you want, but that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to do all this and have fun and have the leaderboard and everything like that. So yeah, totally. I'm definitely sold. Um, I think Neon, along with Neon White, there's another game that's kind of on a big discount on Steam uh, that I purchased because of that is uh, Chivalry 2. And this came out a little while back, and I remember I was always interested in it, but I just never got it because I, I played a bunch of Mordhau, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. I bought recently... To, to play with a friend of mine who also got it and yeah like it is it's really fun like i've i'm I, I didn't realize how much i missed that kind of combat and that just craziness and battle cries and all that yeah that's the cool but part. it is really fun <laughs> the battle cries um just curious like uh i played chivalry one and then haven't played two 
what is um what is the difference between the two if you know i i honestly think it it's going to be like more of having a class based system sort of like where you're able to kind of choose the type of person that you have i know that mordahau kind of had that i'm not sure chivalry had that to this kind of a degree but you have options to choose um what you're carrying as like a secondary weapon like a like a small dagger or something like that and your primary weapon and other things so there's more of like this loadout aspect to it that i really liked and also in terms of just the map size and what you can do uh, again like i kind of remember chivalry one but i know in this one you have like mounts as well so like you'll have like people running in but then there can be some people sometimes when you spawn you can spawn on a horse and you have that like weird like the big stick that you just kind of run with and you just topple people over as you're running through them uh that's kind of what i've so far that's like the only stuff that i've played so i haven't played like every other mode but from my understanding it's literally just an update to chivalry one uh better the engine added more people in there added small things like that so if you play chivalry one this will feel like at home but it's just more of like all right it's an update let's try this out accordingly yeah cool but it's definitely uh, worth it. did you play any mods because that kind of seems like where that game shines yeah i haven't tried any mods but i will if they're able to find a way to kind of uh i don't know put kratos in there somehow i'll probably <laughs> jump in as kratos or, or or nathan drake or something i've seen some or cool even... stuff with like negative like no gravity and stuff like that <laughs> oh my god yeah that would be awesome that's gonna yeah. like infinite warfare i know people didn't really like infinite warfare but that was one of the cooler parts of call of duty i think um, the other one I think we should definitely talk about is TMNT Shred's Revenge. Yeah, I love this game. I, I played it in one sitting. Uh, my my partner and I we we just sat down and just kept playing it, and we were playing it different characters again and again. Cool. It was so fun. Like yeah. I I know you've played a little bit of it. Like what do you think about the game? Uh, it's awesome, man. This is uh, how to do uh, nostalgia, in my opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> I put like uh, probably hundreds of dollars into this arcade back in the day, and um, yeah, I mean it's. The problem with that is that whenever you do play that game in a modern day, it quickly hits you of, oh, this is not how I remember it, right? Because yeah. obviously you didn't know better. Um, but the fact is that they took this game and they modernized it in the right way that makes it feel fresh and uh, and makes me want to keep playing it. Um, like typically anytime something like this comes out, I'll play a little bit and be like, oh, okay, I'm good. But this one, I'm like, oh, I actually kind of do want to see this through because just something as simple as adding the dodge is like a game changer yeah. in my opinion. So um, I think they did a great job with this. It's, it's super good. Um, I want to play more of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, definitely worth it. It's on game pass, which is again, so surprising and so wonderful. Incredible. That it's just on, available on game pass. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was ready to buy this game on whatever platform I had. And then all of a sudden I just go, I'm glad I went on game pass and it was like, Oh yeah, it's here. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, exact same thing. I didn't even know it was on game pass. I, I was going to buy it. I was going to buy it on PC and then, uh, just was on my Xbox that morning. And I was like, Oh, just go jump on game pass to what there is. I was like, Oh, it's on here. What? Yeah. <laughs> I love surprise. that. If only PlayStation does that. I, and we can definitely talk about the PS plus thing another time in terms of the new service. Cause, uh, I've joined the middle tier or whatever it is. And we can just kind of talk about that. I don't really, I don't really care for the PS1 games on it right now. Um, but quickly, in terms of other games, Cyberpunk 2077, I'm, I'm like, quite a ways into it now, and like, I'm one question loving. Have you? Uh, I think it was. I'm, I'm trying to find. I, I, it's not really a spoiler, I guess, but like, I'm trying to find Ellen Parker and doing some other missions alongside of it. Okay, so you haven't met Pan Am yet? No, I have not <gasps> met Pan Am yet. Okay, can't wait to hear yeah. about that. 
my favorite I, character in the game. The, the problem uh, most people's, I'm sure. I know. I've I've heard Van Am's name so many times yeah. when it comes to that game, and like for me, the main thing is so many times I'm walking around when I'm doing like a mission or whatever, um, and then I'll just see people interacting, and obviously they have like the bubble on top in terms of what they're saying, and I'll just stop and like listen to them, and they actually talk for like a good 15, 20 minutes with new lines, and I'm like, wow, like yeah. that's crazy. It's a whole story just there. Hell of a game, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really liking it. Every time the game just surprises me, but. With that, we can leave it off there. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Uh, please email us at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. Uh, where can they find you, Trevor? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Trevor Her. That's at Trevor, H-E-R-R. For next time, we'll probably do an episode where we talk about our favorite games of the year so far that are not Elden Ring. I feel like we should put Elden Ring to the side <laughs> so we can talk about... I was going to say, games. we're just going to talk about Elden Ring the entire time? Yeah, exactly. I think, I think we'll put that to the side. We're like, you know what? Every <laughs> game except Elden Ring that is amazing this year. So people know what else they can probably purchase. Hell of a game. But, uh, hell of a year for games, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, just think I'm of surprised. what has come out and actually, we. I just want to say, it's like we keep kind of like saying like there's nothing coming out later this year. I mean, even if God of War doesn't come out this year, we still have Saints Row. We still have Modern Warfare 2. Um, and then we just, Legacy. yeah, like Gotham there's Knights, just yeah. tons of stuff, Gotham Knights. So, um, hell of a year, man. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think anyone that says that they don't have anything else to play is not playing Elden Ring right now. You're probably <laughs> playing Elden Ring. So <laughs> then you'll know, but thanks so much everyone for joining. We will see you next time. Bye. See ya.